So, hello everyone, welcome to... Well, it will list as episode number two, but technically the first episode here of um, the uh, Stories of Immersion podcast. And in this episode, I am sitting down with a close friend of mine, Suzanne. Um, We worked at the same escape room before. I did my internship there. She was already working there. Um, We talk a little bit about that and, you know, our passion for escape rooms but that you know most of the times the storytelling in escape rooms is just like way off we both get pretty annoyed by that um and then we kind of get into more um the thing that we connect with outside of escape rooms and that is immersive theater um she already knew that it existed but kind of you know through me that you know that little fire started to become way bigger and we went to shows together um, and her definition kind of, you know, re- was redefined by, you know, seeing the wide range of what we would perceive as immersive theatre. So that's very interesting. We talked for a pretty long time. Um, I would say the first 20 minutes or so is about the escape room. Then we talk a little bit about my work uh, and how agency works um, and what happens if there's a little bit too much agency sometimes um, and uh, yeah we, we just talk about a lot of examples from our own reference point and um, we you know we end up not with a full conclusion of um, you know what immersive theatre means exactly um, but there's definitely a thing that kind of you know lit up in my head it was like oh yeah i never really thought about it that way um so i hope you guys enjoy this is a story of suzanne okay so um yeah well let's talk immersive theater Woo. <laughs> um so I think it's maybe nice, like, to start off with a little bit more of a timeline. I would say, of like okay. where we met, who you even are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start there. Whoever. Yeah. Um, well, I can. I can or yeah, you... do you wanna do the introduction? Um. Well, I, I was just about to say that we met through work. You know, I did my yeah. internship at an escape room and you were already working there yeah um and though we never i wouldn't say like specifically made something together um, no i wasn't part of the the assignment that you had yeah um but we definitely had things in common (laughs) yeah we started talking about the things that you were doing for your studies and i think something just clicked there we were both interested in some form of immersive theater and mm, other stuff around that. And I yeah. get very excited about the examples you were giving. <laughs> yeah. That was I, the biggest part, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can definitely see why. Um, maybe it's also interesting for the people that are listening to, I don't know, maybe explain a little bit that what is it that you do within maybe the company or just as a person 
As a person, what do I do <laughs> as a person? Well, uh, I'm a, a trained heritage expert, professional heritage professional, I would say. Um, and through that, I got a job <laughs> at an escape room. That sounds very strange, but um, I also started as an intern at the same escape room company as you were an intern at. Mm-hmm. And after that, I passed over the job there. And now I help build new escape rooms and other experiences there. But I'm mostly focused on the graphic design and illustration. Yeah. So a different field than you, I would say. Yeah. You mostly focus on the storytelling and the concept around that. And strangely, that is what my internship was about as well. But Mm. when I started working there, my interest shifted a little bit more into the graphics i would say yeah yeah i mean you you have like the this from what i know this like fascination about history and yeah that still holds (laughs) (laughs) fascinated about history and telling stories um, telling fictional stories that have some historical elements in there yeah like based upon historical events yeah exactly yeah yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely also an interest of mine. I love just with theater in general, if something is based on a true story and that you can see references of, you know, already existing material that's like, you know, brought into that story and made to one big mixture of both, you know, fiction because you are creating your own story as a writer. But um, it's- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I love. I do have to say, while I'm very interested in historical stories told through immersion or mm-hmm. escape rooms, I think it could be done better than we see now. <laughs> right now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can definitely agree on that. I would. Probably say that in escape rooms, it could potentially be the worst. Yeah, um, I see I say, a lot of potential there. That's the, yeah. the, the problem. Yeah, it, it should work. It, it there should be something there, but from the experiences experiences that I've had, I've always yeah. been a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's like my. I wouldn't say it's like an issue per se, but as a creator, um, as someone that makes these types of experiences, mm-hmm. um, I find it sometimes difficult when escape rooms kind of put the story or... Um, yeah, I would, I would just say the story in general because immersion is part of the story mm-hmm. or like an effect created by the story. Um it's like put towards the background, you know. I, yes. I we all know. <laughs> I was that... waiting for you to finish that, <laughs> and I agree with you so much. Yeah, I mean, we all know that escape rooms are there for the puzzles, and you want to have fun with your friends and the teamwork, etc., yeah. etc. Et but it is just such a better experience, in my opinion, if the story fits, if the story works, exactly. And if it's not just you know 
a bunch of puzzles put together with a bit of scenery, and then suddenly it's an escape room. Yeah, and I, I think for me, and I think that also holds for you, I'm not a puzzle maker. I'm not a game designer. Mm -hmm. I've been... Mm, my training was more into telling stories through physical objects in an exhibition. So how I work for the concepts that I've made, it's more storytelling. I've yeah. focused on creating an interesting story in a physical place. Yeah. And what the puzzles would be, that's a later thought. I... Mm -hmm. I made points where the puzzles could be and yeah. how they should work. And I think from what I've seen from the concept that you've made, that works in a similar way. Yeah. You don't create the puzzles first, but you create the story first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely does. Because, you know, um, in the work, a little bit of context maybe is nice to have. Um, yeah. I, uh, I made, uh, I would say, a real life game made for in Amsterdam and you as a group of friends or colleagues or family or whatever um, are meeting up at like a secret location um, somewhere in Amsterdam that could be a cafe for example and you meet there with an actor go towards a back room and you get um, revealed that you are like recruited for a mission of like a secret agency and you suddenly get into this role of becoming an agent and having now to you know uh, like solve a mission um and go through the city to find clues um have contact with other actors etc etc um but yeah i definitely i made like certain plot points within my story um to and usually, you know, those easily go with the puzzle because usually there's some sort of, like, assignment involved, especially within the team, yeah. like the theme of, like, secret agent and you need to do certain things. Maybe you need to work together with your enemy to gain their trust, something like that. Um, so it definitely works well together to have, you know, assignments and you can make those in the form of a puzzle because it's more of, like, you know, a mix between them as a theater and escape room. Yeah, yeah. So you know where the puzzles should be, but yes. you don't know what the puzzles are yet at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard, think yeah. with escape rooms, from what I've seen, it mostly works the other way around. Yeah, and that is so unfortunate because the story is then mostly not cohesive. Yeah, um, and I've I've, I've seen had... it with a lot of game designers that yes. they get lost into the puzzles. And forget that there's even a story to be told there. Yeah. And I mean, the story could be such a great help for your players in order to think of like an order in which they need to solve certain puzzles uh, or like where they need to look for. Um... Yeah, but also it could help create an interesting puzzle, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I had an escape room which in concept would be nice um it was like breaking into a casino mm, okay um, cool and they had like certain puzzles and there was a puzzle which was it was clearly a puzzle and the puzzle itself was hard and good so it was definitely challenging for most groups but the reason 
um, why it got even harder was because no one understood that that was part of like the the story and of the escape room, because um, no one associated the puzzle with the story, um, and there it got so uh, long. And so it's also a problem with players. It's it could be. I mean, if it's it's if it's poorly executed, then it definitely yeah, could exactly. be. And I've seen that firsthand, and I you know. I need it as um as a game master, you know, sitting and moderating the escape room. I I had to give so many hints every single time I was running that escape room, and it felt frustrating to me because I could see such an easy fix right in front of my eyes, and the creators were just not listening. Um, and you know, I I we all know they didn't think it was relevant. They didn't think it was important enough to fix. Mm. Um, and that like shows, you know. Of course, there are definitely good escape room businesses out there, but there are some that yeah. kind of push it. That is a good thing to to say, though, that there are amazing escape rooms out there that definitely have found a great balance between storytelling and the puzzles. Yes, but not every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just interesting, and I and yeah, that's kind of you know where I we think. Uh, that's an interesting thought when we were talking about immersion. Yeah. I think that, for me at least, keeps me from getting fully immersed into the escape room. Maybe not. I think it, um, because of the puzzles, I get fully immersed into the puzzles and solving them, but I'm not yeah. fully immersed into In the, the story. story. Yeah. And I mean... In a way, that's fair because it's we, you know, you don't necessarily go to an escape room for the story. Of course, I mean, yeah, true, but but <laughs> what attracted me to escape rooms? Oh, really? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm a gamer, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, okay. For that me, puzzles sense. are also an important thing, and I'm really yeah, exactly. like I, competitive I when it comes to solving those. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I'm in um, an escape room, I get lost in yeah. game mode and solving the puzzles. Yeah, yeah. But, but it maybe does... that's me. Yeah, more but it than does... the escape room itself. It does like very much bother me though when yeah, the story is like weird or but like. But it doesn't bother me at the moment. Me. At the moment, I'm into solving the puzzles, and that's my whole focus. But then True. afterwards, when afterwards I reflect I'm so on disappointed. it, then it's like. <laughs> What was like why why didn't and they do more times the setup is good the setup of a lot of escape rooms is i mean it it sets you up for a great story but then the yeah. ending is a little bit yeah disappointing. sometimes it just gets lost at some point a lot of times and i mean <laughs> i mean it kind of does make sense because you know, most creators, especially when you make an escape room yourself, some buy them in from other countries, whatever. Um, but especially if you make one yourself, you kind of start off with like a premise, and from there you kind of start to work and like, okay, well, this escape room is gonna be about this and this. So, what should like the first room look like? You know, that's how every creator is gonna start, uh, unless you already have a very clear idea of the ending. But then, if that's the case, then usually somewhere in the middle it gets lost. Um, so it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, so but yeah. Now I'm thinking it. It's the same for immersive theater, I guess. That a lot of times, the beginning 
is very good. The setup is great, but then the ending is a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But the yeah, storytelling at least. Yeah. I mean <laughs> uh there was one in particular that I'm thinking of now. Um which had such good potential, but it lost got lost by the ending. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we can. I mean, I don't mind saying the name, and I know the people that created this, and they know my my feedback. Um, yeah. So, um, and I've definitely talked with a few people about this, even teachers, because my teachers have done this. Um, but it's it, it's called Tracing Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. And the thing is, it had it started off so great with the setting. You come there; it was in one big fort. You come there, there's like police officers everywhere, you get grouped up, they like talk to you, and you're suddenly already in this character in this role, and everyone's like, okay, well this is this is something. We're actually part of something. And you know, you start off with like doing some sort of uh, little assignments because there's a boy that's lost and you need to find them. That's basically the premise. Um and we are all citizens, like good citizens, uh, helping out the police. Um and you know, middle part is is good. I, in my opinion, could have been made a little bit more exciting though, um, because the problem and and I also wrote that down for all my talking points. But um, I, as a creator, value agency a lot. I'm not sure if you know what agency means. I have an idea, but if you could explain it, that yeah, yeah, I... yeah. Agency is like the level of. Um, I would influence say you have? Yeah, influence or decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a player you have. So um in this case, it is presenting you with like, oh, go out here and find me all the stuff. Well, actually, there is zero agency. <laughs> like it gives yeah. you the, the illusion of agency, but it's not actually there because you know the ending is fixed and all everything and the way the actors act and which scenes um or being acted out or all set. Um I from because I know someone someone from my class actually was um uh, a stand-in for one of the actors and she told me a little bit about how, how you know the script works and everything but a lot of things are set um and there's not a lot of influence by the players but I personally do want to have that in a show or if in an experience and whatever I pretty much create um, because at that experience, I had a feeling, you know, I'm just doing things, but the things don't mean anything. Um, Does that for you um, subtract from the level of your immersion that you have? I mean, in a way, yes, because it's like, you know, if if, the, if that was this police officer and she was like, yeah, can we find me something because it's so important and I find it. And then I, it's like, okay, great, we found it. But there's no consequence or like a reaction yeah. coming out of the fact that I found something. Then it um, just feels like... It's like, it feels pointless. A, a player are working through a script as well. Yeah, it was it was just weird. And some companies definitely do well with fake agency. Um, but in this particular case, I just felt being used. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and I was like, just mad about them not hiding it. Yeah, and you know, there was at one point where we came up with our own plan, me and, and the classmate, we were doing that both at the, at the time. And the actress was like, oh, great, go and find this. 
um, you know, we came up with something a little bit more out of the box, which what it wasn't part of the original plan, but the actress gave us, you know, the option to explore that. So we would assume, okay, so maybe there is space for agency, and we went on this thing to find it, but it just wasn't there. So, and then, then once again, we were like, well, that's great, but as an actor, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, yeah, so, so the it was, like, was <laughs> trying to give you more agency, but, but there was no room for that. Have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a little bit, a little bit tricky. Um, yeah, it was I guess that blow. is hard, though. Yeah. It, oh man, it's I. I can speak from experience that it is hard to balance that. Um, you know, you don't want to give your players too much agency because in that case, the whole story you know, could change. It could derail. It could like go yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, I I told you I I may or may not. Well, let me tell that once again because it's just a funny story. Um, I once at school, um, we made a yeah, real life game. Um, of yeah, it was called Onero. It was a company that was like, uh, like the whole story is pretty black mirror-esque um so it's like a company that's like trying to be really good for the world um they have uh, some sort of drug or like thing that makes everyone happy not like pretty much the only emotion you would feel from then onwards is happiness and um so yeah, no one no one would no now. yeah yeah but no one would be depressed there's no one angry no war like very positive and good proposition sounds good sounds good it sounds good but when you get there you're like oh shit because <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is um so basically the character i would play um was pretty much as the audience just a group of people that would go in there that got invited to be a part or become a part of Onira, you know, help the world become a better place. Um, so I was pretending to be a regular citizen. <laughs> um, and um, of course, I was ob- obviously an actor, by the way, you know, I did it and my very um, shocking entrance. <laughs> um, so I was like, wait, this is a part of it? That's cool. Um, uh <laughs> nice um, that's a great start by the way i mean yeah i just like they the thing is on the door we put like a sign like wait outside until someone comes and gets you um so at that point <laughs> what we just did um was when we kind of knew that there were people already waiting outside i would just go out um and everyone was like wait it's already starting what this is <laughs> um so that that's also a very fun part um if, you know you know kind of playing with predictability and and stuff like that but getting back on track um (laughs) basically once you know i left i kind of told them the premise of something shitty is going on but they kind of fucked with me and now um i i have no recollection of whatsoever what happened inside but i know it's something bad and you you guys need to find out so they go in they get a phone from me so we can stay in contact um so it's basically um there's already like a little bit of a mission because they have a phone that they are technically not allowed to bring inside that they kind of need to sneak it inside Uh, and they need to stay in touch with me and like tell me what the hell is going on um so that's already fun for them you know you know feeling the little sneaky breaky um that's always fun to do yeah exactly yeah but pretty much once you're in there i tend to help the players along 
um, you know, especially if the groups can't, cannot really find it out themselves, we um, basically they can explore the room. It, it's it was a space where they had like six chairs for all the players to sit on. We had like a projector on the on like showing a little bit of a presentation of all about them. You know, we are Onero and we have such good plans for the world. Um, and then, you know, pretty much after the presentation is done, they can roam around a little bit for themselves, look around, there were like posters and flyers and little booklets and like there was tea and cookies and everything. Um, it was really made to feel like safe, but we, yeah. like once you're in it's there, you're, you have like, because all the actors that are part of Onero, uh, because they are happy, they're smiling the whole freaking time. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. So you already have a feel. you know, it's meant to be happy, but it, you have a bad feeling in your stomach. You know um, that it's not. Yeah. Um, it can't be that happy. Yeah. No, it, exactly. Um, so pretty much the assignment then was they had to find out, because there was on the door, there was some sort of like um, map, map of the room. And if you would look at that and look at the room, you would notice that there one part of the map is not in the room, which is a secret back room. Um, and, you know, in our case, it was literally a curtain. So they could sneak behind it if they want to. Um, and the thing is, there are actors in the room. You know, the, the staff is, you know, walking around there too. Um, so in order to sneak back there, they needed to like kind of distract them because they were with the group, and most of the times we would make sure that the participants would outnumber the number of actors. So that okay. there's always at least one person that could sneak back there. Um, and the actor, you know, <laughs> it was so fun because the group, so, some groups really got into it, and they just pretended to be. Oh, I'm feeling so great! Thank <laughs> you so much. Let's talk about this wonderful thing that you made. And then, in the meantime, you know, the actors would be busy. Of course, they would know. You know, from the corner of their eyes, they know that there's a person back there. But of course, the actors want that to happen. So it's yeah, okay. exactly. You know, they play. They play dumb. Um, mm -hmm. Um, and that's great. So, um, what kind of happened then is they needed to, uh, in the back room, there's like all sorts of chemicals, there's like a laptop and notes and all sorts of things. Basically, it's a space where both the drug is being created and um, it also gives room for a possible antidote to be made. Um, and there's more of like a puzzle element of like, you know, researching and actually looking at all the files and making sure you put the right stuff together. There was a little bit of, there was like a little jar in which you could put the liquid in. Um, very fun fact. Um, we, it, it was literally water with like, uh, um, how do you call it? Like, um, food dye. Mm, food <laughs> um, coloring. Yeah, food coloring. Yeah. Um, so, and the thing was, uh, we'd labeled them all, so and we was like, we were like, how in the world could we like make sure, like check if they did it right? Um, and we just made all the ingredients that they had to put together red, and all the others we made different colors. So if the outcome was any other color than red, we would know that we that we would you know <laughs> they did something wrong. Um, but could, and couldn't they have put together two colors that make red together? Yeah, we could have done something like that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this was the best option, you know. Anything other than yeah. red, it's wrong. Um, 
And, you know, at the at the same time that they were busy, you know, the game was actually just 20 minutes. It was actually quite short. Oh, wow. Because um, time constraints because of school. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but still, we, we managed to do it in 20 minutes. Um, and at the same time, because, you know, some groups have more experience with escape rooms. And I was technically there live, at a, I guess, like, hint system, giving them tips. and. Um, but you know, kind of like disguised as my character and my in, in the story, because what I would say, um, you know, if the, if I realized that they were a little bit more slow and didn't really see some sort of clue, um, I would just pretend as my character, and I was you know texting with them um, that I suddenly remembered something. I'd like a, a like a little bit of a flashback moment, um, and I recollected of maybe like some sort of back room or. Um, or it, it kind of depended on what the group was missing, of course. So it kind of guided to them towards that. Um, but now comes the fun part. Because, um, <laughs> this wasn't fun yet. <laughs> well, I mean, it was. Um, <laughs> but um, the way it would end is that my character would stand by the entrance. You know, pretty much when the 20 minutes are done the staff of Nero would let them go because that's pretty much the like I would say incubation period for the um effect of the drugs to be irreversible. So okay. um, you know they just need to keep them there for 20 minutes and after that, you know, their job is done. Mm-hmm. Um and they They're let part you go. Of now. Yeah, exactly. Um you're yeah. <laughs> so they let them go. And the thing is, um, by the way, all the staff of the Onira people were all dressed in fully white clothes, like from head to toe, shoes, everything. Okay. Um, was already a little bit creepy too. Um, and I was wearing just a regular everyday outfit at the start, but by the end, I would stand by the entrance, happily smiling, fully dressed in white. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, pretty much when the door opens back open again and they see me across the hallway which was a pretty long hallway they could already see me and they already had like a feeling like oh shit because you know during the whole experience i was already like i was you know giving a little bit of i would say foreshadowing of like oh sh- like my my hands were trembling and i was like making um typing errors on purpose, yeah. Um, so they know and that something is off. That, that I would, yeah. I was pretending to feel worse, and I was pretending to, I don't know, to throw up or anything. And um, the kind of you know increased the uh, suspense for the participants, you know, and like the the drive to actually do something. Like, oh shit, you know, we need to go, we need to hurry up. That kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, so that worked uh, pretty good. Uh, but also, you know, made them feel like, oh my god. Um, some groups thought at that point that they f- had failed. Um, mm, I and, would get that, yeah. Um, but, but that's interesting, though, because you, you don't know if you have agency there, if you have the possibility of a good outcome and a bad, yes. a bad outcome. Yes, that, that, now, now it's pretty much because then uh, the staff of when you were close the door, you know, the actors are back inside, and at that point, it's just them and me in that hallway, and um, if they did it right, most groups would at least have some sort of antidote or try to make that. Not everyone mm-hmm. made it correctly, but I would say like 60% of them did. Um, maybe even more. Um, 
So there we get to me. But at that point, you know, you can already see them discussing with, as a group what they're about to do as soon as they approach me. Um, so they're like, shit, what should we do? Should we? Uh, and there's like, there's there's option there. Uh, and they can yeah. just have it too. They can keep it for themselves, keep it a secret because they think I'm already, you know, gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> some groups would say that. Um, some groups um just hand me the jar with the liquid uh they're like you know what if you have time drink this it's it's it will make you more happy that's that's like nine out of ten people would say that and i was like great um because you know i I, throw it away uh yeah well some people make me drink it on the spot because they were so worried um and they were like we need to do this now otherwise we didn't win (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was it wasn't necessarily that there was like a win or lose, um, but um, you know, it was more or less a situation. But you know, you did have a feeling of okay, like we did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people were a little bit more sneaky, like, well, okay, she's she's lost anyway, so let's just get out, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was fun. But um, okay. Now, now comes the thing where I get to like sometimes there's maybe too much agency, or sometimes people can get wild on the use of agency because we had one group um, where um, we, you know, the, 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 all the players were inside together with all my lovely co actors. Um, I was in the room next door, um, which was just, I don't know, a regular room, and I was changing into my white clothing already uh, because you know it's only 20 minutes and you're also busy with texting, so at some point you need to change. Um, So I was busy doing that. Um, I had pretty much all of my clothes on. I just didn't really, you know, didn't really have my shoes on yet, but I was wearing my socks and everything. So um, at some point um, there was a knock on my door uh, and um, like uh, okay, so a little bit of context. Um, Me and a co-actor um, because we had like tea and cookies in the room, you know, to make them feel at ease. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at some point, you know, the tea and the coffee, you know, was empty, so we needed to refill those. Um, and I couldn't sneak into that room to get like the coffee and the tea because you know they would see me. So yeah. usually, one of the actors would just go out, um, and you know, um, usually she would knock on my doors and said like, "Hey, let's go and make coffee and tea together," because I would have i would have a little bit more or less free time um and for them in character makes sense because you know they want to make you feel like a good space so they're like we're i'm gonna get you some more coffee and tea um and it technically it makes um the whole proposition even better because they have a less like one actor less to worry about um so you know uh, we were like usually away for five minutes and then we would be back um, and it was just, you know, a little bit of fun between us two. Um, so, you know, and another one with the group, I heard the knock on my door again. Uh, but so I heard... assumed that... I was assuming be... that it would be her! And I opened my door, and it was a player! And I was like, shit. I get that, though. <laughs> um, I get the thought of, oh, there's a door there. This person is behind yeah, me. But Why the not thing go is... and talk to her? Yeah, but the thing is, like... They're technically not allowed to leave the room, or well, we didn't really say that, but like within like the codes of the of the experience, 
you would know that everything like limits within the room. Um, yeah. and, and that's you know, the problem about <laughs> it not being a real escape room. In an escape room, you would assume that. But yeah, yeah. if it's more a theatrical element to it, you don't know what the limitations yeah. are. Well, I would, yeah, I mean, 99% of the people knew it. Um, yeah. and, and of course, the actors are also there to make sure that stuff like that, you know, stays within mm. the boundaries. But I guess at that point, I, they were, you know, when we talked afterwards, they were like, yeah, they actually, you know, they made sure that I was really busy. And I, I, I just lo- literally lost an eye on him and he was able to sneak out on his own. <laughs> And then he was knocking on my door. Well, yeah, if you have to sneak out somewhere, then uh, why not yeah. sneak out through um, the door as well? But I had, like, a heart attack because I was like, <laughs> what am I going to do now? And I, I luckily I, I saved it. You know, I was just pretending already to not remember him anymore um, and just pretend, like, you know, who, who are you? What are you doing here? Are you, like, working here? Um, stuff like that. And he was like... You're you're Eve, right? Which was the name of my character that I introduced myself with uh, as at the beginning. I was like Eve. I don't I don't know Eve. <laughs> uh, and that that person was seriously creeped out by then. You know, I started smiling. I was all I was wearing white already, and they, and he already had like a feeling that it was going to go bad. Um, and from that moment onward, you know, I decided to just not reply in the text anymore. Uh, pretend, you know. And it was so funny because he he really tried to convince me. Um, like he even showed me like because we were using WhatsApp and I had my profile picture on, you know, to make sure that they knew, you know, with my character. So and I'm like, he hey, but this is you. Yeah, he was like, this is you. I was like, that's me. How how how, how did you get that? <laughs> and at that point, he was just like silent. He was creeped out, and he's just like, I'm I'm just gonna go back inside. <laughs> and I'm like, you should do that. <laughs> It was so funny. Actually, it technically almost kind of helped with his performance because he was already feeling like, shit, we need to do something. Yeah, it um, was great improvisation. Yeah, but it scared me. And that, that made me realize <laughs> that some people, you know, really think out of the box. We already had, like, some great people, you know, within the boundaries of the experience, like, doing all sorts of weird things, um, which was incredibly funny. Um but yeah, we we never really saw that one coming. Um, so of course, yeah. So to get back to the point, you need to set some sort of limit. So creating yeah. some sort of fake agency um, can be good, but you do want to feel as if the the choices that you do make or the things that you do that they, uh, you know, have at least some sort of impact on the story. It might not be huge, but at least not, you know. Like, let me feel worthless. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, okay. A little bit of some more uh, questions that I have prepared. Because I was interesting. Because I, if I'm correct, you already knew of Immersive Theatre before you met me. Yeah. I, I'm, hmm. I knew what it was or what it could be. And I've done some things that could be explained as immersive theater but that's a problem it is (laughs) that uh, looks nice uh, motorcycle (laughs) outside (laughs) yeah 
Um, okay, so I I knew the term. I knew what it was. Uh, I knew some examples of it, and I've done some shows. Yeah. But that's a problem with the term being so broad. Yeah. So yeah. that I don't know if I've done shows or games or what you would call it that you would call immersive theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the thing because everyone has a different association with immersive theater. Yeah, yeah, and that's annoying. I think I've done. <laughs> I think I've done things before I met you that had immersive elements in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they were right at calling it that. Mm-hmm. Calling it not an immersive theater production, but an escape room with immersive theater elements in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely fair. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. I think, yeah, it kind of depends of what the core element of it is. You know, if it, if if the main part of the experience that you're doing is escaping and solving puzzles, then, you know, it most likely will define itself as an escape room or an escape experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if if the core of it is, you know, it being immersive, um, then it would most likely be defined as immersive theatre. But yeah, it can but definitely have elements of that's both. That's a good part, though. What... What is immersive? What is immersive? Well, when is something immersive? I would say I, I've looked. You know, I've looked at. I wouldn't say this is an official definition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was actually looking at like if is there some sort of like objective definition of the word immersive theater? Yeah. Um, and you know, first thing when you Google that is um, the Wikipedia page comes up um, <laughs> great but I, I you know i i didn't just look at the wikipedia page i also looked at um the sources that were listed and i looked into those uh reports and and um, documents but um and actually quite i think it sums it up well um because Im- here it says immersive theater differentiates itself from traditional theater by removing the stage and immersing audiences within the performance itself. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. But I think most immersive... Hmm, Okay, so The Great Gatsby that we both both saw together, that was a clear example of theater that's not just you as an audience sit... Mm-hmm. and the performance is on a stage but yeah. that was very much theater and you, you wouldn't were... you, you wouldn't call that immersive theater yeah yeah i would have i would have oh. called it immersive theater okay, okay. definitely but yeah. um the focus was theater that was made to be immersive but i think a lot of other examples of immersive theater has more of a game aspect to it and i think the great gatsby is the only show i've seen that i would call immersive theater that is just 
theater. There's no game aspect. Yeah, there's yeah. I mean, there was pretty much no agency in that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, a good way of explaining mm-hmm. it. And I mean, it it also says here that you know there's different forms and everyone has like a different like i would say there's like a scale of interaction uh between actors and audience in some Mm -hmm. it could be absolutely none because there are shows in which you are the only person there and it's just you in the space it's not there's no actors um would you call that immersive theater i would yeah i i would think so theater then then mm. it's an ex- immersive experience, but it's a theater. Oh, that's oh man. Yeah, uh, I I have a feeling we've probably talked with this about school too. You know how a space in itself can, you know, tell a story and perform. Like, does does theater always need actors? That's freaking mm. complicated. <laughs> I I would say so. Yeah. But that's just my definition of it. And it's like the thing, like, maybe you, like, indirectly become the performer. It, it, mm. Yeah. It's mm. weird. It's, it, this is like this little grey area that's also very complicated. Um, yeah, because some, some things might definitely be immersive, but are they theatre? Some things are definitely immersive theatre, but are interactive, or they're, yeah, well, yeah, that could also be a case. Sometimes there's no agency. So just like I would say it's like some sort of like big scale. You know, I'm I'm kind of trying to find out where on that scale I am. I think um, there are as I would say now three directions it could go. Mm-hmm. First one is immersive theater and I would say that the most important thing with that is, firstly, it's immersive, obviously, but there is theater there. So there are actors telling a story. Yeah. Then you have an immersive experience mm-hmm. that could be some story that wouldn't necessarily have a story, but there are no actors there. I would say. Yeah. So I. So if so that's I. Just- a room telling a story. Yeah, so it's yeah. So it's um sp- yeah. The second one is is mainly the story is being told by the space. Yeah. The other one is the story is being told by the actors. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I would and say. then there's that's also. Like, I would say yeah. It kind of di- it uses a different medium. I think that's yeah it. exactly the the medium is the the most important yeah part of the second word. I would yeah. say. The thing that beca- the the thing that comes after immersive. Yeah, and yeah. The last uh-huh. one I would say is an immersive game, or mm-hmm. real life game. Yeah, where it's mm, it's not necessarily a story that's being told, or well, there is a story being told, but you also have to do something as a player. Yeah. This is very funny. And then you are a player, and maybe with immersive theater, you could be called a a visitor? No, not really a visitor. But are you a player when it's an immersive theater production? 
Yeah, I think every creator calls that like differently. Some people still call them audience. Some people call yeah, them... audience. That's yeah, yeah. Some people call them players. I think when the Great Gatsby play, we were the audience. Yeah, that was our role, and sometimes we were pulled into the story, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we were watching. Yeah, a play being unfolded. Mm-hmm. But with an immersive game, you really have to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get a challenge that you have to complete. Uh huh. Yeah, and now I'm now I'm interested because I I think there are definitely a lot of immersive theater shows out there. That have yeah. game elements into them, but they're they yeah. are not considered a game. Yeah, and that's the tricky part. And that that that's where where personally I get stuck because I tend to, yeah. you know, gravitate between either one of those. You know, one is maybe a little bit more just, you know, he- heavily relying on acting, um, and the other one a little bit more of game elements into it. Um, and it depends on what I make, on like how much one or the other is. But I do mostly identify it still as theater. And it also yeah, depends on, like, I get what you mean. It also depends on like where I make it. You know, I think we talked about this before, but um, the immersive theater term in the Netherlands is just not as evolved yet. People just don't understand it. In, That's true. And, like when you come to london everyone understands what you're talking about suddenly because it's it's a pretty booming scene there a lot of shows that you know identify themselves as immersive theater uh you know if you just google it you can find like tourist websites and everything you know top 10 immersive theater shows in london we don't have that (laughs) no Um, that's true i would say in the netherlands like i would mostly list my work as real life games because that's more like the terminology that yeah dutchies know and use um and that's freaking hard because then you know when i come in london everyone's like what's a real life game (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah i mean i i you know i was explaining to birdie for example he is uh uh owner of collab theater um and you know, I was talking about my internship and what, what I was doing. I was saying, yeah, I'm working on a real-life game. He was like, oh, what, what exactly is that? Is that like immersive theater? What, what is that? I was like, well, you could call it that. <laughs> um, and that's, ah. that's, that's interesting, too, because everyone has this own perspective on things, which makes this so hard. And I, I would probably still use a different terminology depending on where I am and who I work with. But it would just be nice if still when I'm using a certain terminology that people understand <laughs> what I what I do. So if I say like... It's interesting wondering... though because um, from the game that Birdie made, mm-hmm. I would call that a sort of real life game. Yeah, because it had but more game elements into that. But it also the, had heavy uh, performance. The Great Gatsby play... That's not a real-life game at all. No, no, no. True. But you still could... Both of these plays, you could call immersive theater. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, yeah, that's interesting. And, like, I have a feeling there might be, like, sub-genres 
within immersive theater, but yeah. there, there's no name for those. And well, the only thing I could find, let me see. Um, I mean, here like there's two terms um, that are being used on the Wikipedia page. Um, also, there one is credited, the other one is not. So I'm not. Well, the other one is clearer though to understand. But one is called. Um, bespoke theater and it's invented by fondue and i think they're like a if i can remember correctly they're like a group from new york um but they you know call their theater style i would say bespoke theater um and it says um it extends participation into pre-production so each show is customized per audience at script level so you already have involvement um like on the show before you even attend the show um which is also interesting um but they so changed it before. how would that work like you get i have no clue i don't think i've experienced something like this before um but i would yeah i would say that it's adapted based on i don't know maybe questionnaire or something i know that okay. for example um tension experience you know yeah i was thinking they about would, that they would do like this huge like questionnaire of like you know getting to know the audience and based on that they would do certain things with you it goes yeah. certain ways um i'm not sure if that really is changing the script necessarily it's more like changing which way you're gonna go to uh, but i do think that you have to you know write all the options out and then make your decision um, but it, I, I, yeah, it depends. Um, but I think the one I resonate with the most, which is stated here, is it's choose your own adventure theater, <laughs> and ah. it sounds really stupid, but I guess it makes the most sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense because it says here, you know, agency is given to the audience to participate in changing the narrative while the performance is taking place. Yeah, yeah, and that would fit. I, I guess the most with me, but and then at the we... same time with a lot of choose your own adventure games, you have the same problem that it makes you feel like you have agency, but when you think back to it, when you've completed it, completed the game, your choices yeah. didn't matter at all. Yeah, but that's the thing within gaming though, um, because the choose your own adventure is just. It's a terminology that's used for games that let you make choices. And in yeah. this scenario, you know, making choices is most of the times in immersive theatre, at least that's in some level. Um, but at this point, it's really saying that there is agency and that the choices matter. Okay. Which is, I guess, a big difference. Um, but I don't really think that this term is really used. At least I have never heard no. of it until I read this. I was like, it does really click, you know, it does, you mm -hmm. know, I do feel that that is what it is, but it just sounds stupid to me. <laughs> it, it really does. Um, so, yeah, but I you know, that. if I if I read, you know, what it means, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's that could be it. Um, but also, I found you know a few other things on here that are really interesting. Um, uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. It's also talking about. Um, I think this one is more of the fake agency. It's called polychronic 
narrative. Um, this is a narrative in which the participant does not play a main role, as placing them in that position would involve too much um, freedom, preventing the telling of a structured story, which is, you know, we are still making theatre, so you still want to tell a certain story within a certain time frame. Um, so in order to make that happen, you do need to set boundaries. So I think yeah. that's what this does as well. Uh, but it says, instead, the participant is giving certain prescribed moments of actions and input. Um, mm. These moments do affect the narrative, but do so in a manner that is more impactful on the participant than, in other, um, than any other aspect of the play. So yeah. it is meaningful for them, but, you know... I think that is the case for most immersive theater plays. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the one you can easily work with and say, you know, okay, we have certain plot points, and at those 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 points, you know, the participants can make decisions. Um, yeah, but there is an overall script that yeah, we follow. Yeah, there's one one big storyline. You know, you want to make sure that you have a cohesive story to tell and have a good ending that everyone is satisfied with. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, um, you know, as some are just you know giving zero agency, um, and you know, it's talking. You know, some some members of plays use you know just the the public space. Some use like god knows how big of a building um and there's like the characteristics itself like uh, there's, there's so much like option i would say so like it's like wh- what the hell even is immersive theater then <laughs> so incredibly hard because it's not for every, I would say not even for every show is the same. It also depends no, on what you want to make, you know? Um, but and also, I'm, it's not even the same for every part within a production. That, yeah, that could also be the case. Yeah, some, some parts are more, more gamey, a little bit more agency, and some are just, you know, a little bit more, maybe even more passive, and you're kind of more back into the role of traditional theatre. I think the most interesting one that I've done is the Secret Cinema one. Mm-hmm. Because I think there, um, during the biggest part of the show, two different things were going along at the same time. There was a traditional... I, I, would, I would assume even more than just two. <laughs> yeah, but more two different kind of styles. Okay, there yeah, There was yeah. A, an immersive game. A real life game aspect that we oh yeah well you follow. have a mission and you have sandbox yeah exactly yeah so there is a game aspect to it yes. but you could also choose to just follow the the theater that was going on yeah the scenes and everything yeah and, and then and at I think the that's... end it was a real immersive very much immersive but real theater you had no agency at all you were just an audience member looking at what was happening yeah Yeah. and so just in one production there was three different styles of immersive theater yeah kind of pushed together together. and i i've read an article once on no presidium which is like a website for everything immersive really um and they were talking about different 
levels of play because you have different audiences within you know a group if if you're gonna have a show some people are like very heavily into role play want to get along want to interact with every single one of them um but you would also have people that are you know maybe not as comfortable with that they um they like to just watch and perceive it but they love being in that world and they love the atmosphere of it um, but they're just not as comfortable with, for example, roleplay. And I yeah. think Secret Cinema definitely gave the room for each type of those different players. Definitely. Um, you know, you could roam around, you could sit down for a while. You have very much, you can very much, you know, choose you can make for it yourself. Your yeah. Yeah. What you want to do. And you're not forced to do anything in particular, but there's space for every single type of player, which is so great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because we, you know, we wanted to go to that reporter, remember? You know, we wanted to really do that and really go into it, like, full on. But not Mm -hmm. everyone wants to do that. You know, some people just like to watch and see that moment. Yeah, and some people hadn't done their mission at all. No, yeah, some people were like, yeah, I I just was so captivated by the world itself that just that was already fun enough for me. Yeah. Um, But I was thinking the most interesting part was we were we're talking about immersive theater so you want to be immersed completely at least Mm -hmm. i want to get that level and Mm -hmm. i think the ending funnily enough while i was just an audience member then i was the most immersed when that was happening really yeah because before that, I was with part of my mind thinking, this is a game. This is an, a mutual understanding between me and the actors that this is what's going on. It's not real, but we're pretending that it's real. Mm-hmm. And I like that, don't get me wrong. But I still realized that that's what, what's happening. Yeah. And when I'm just an audience member and there's a lot of lights and music and things going on, I get really immersed in what's happening mm-hmm. and I'm ready for whatever's happening next. Yeah, I also think that maybe had to do with you or us or whatever, like pretty much the general audience, knowing that, you know, the missions and all kinds of stuff which was part of the experience. But as soon as we went into, you know, the, the back room, we had no That's clue of what true. to expect. That's true. So at that point, your expectations just go out of the window. You have no clue of what to do anymore. So that makes that moment very genuine. And everything that happens in the moment is in the moment. Um, you know, nothing is like, well, it feels, as uh, at least for you, as if it's not, like, pre-scripted or, like, thought out already. You're just experiencing that in real time in that moment and with some sort of like game elements you're already like thinking of like what to do what to do next like planning things out but yeah makes maybe a little bit less spontaneous you have to think more yeah maybe that's it yeah um and with that you know everything just happens right there in that time um and maybe that makes it even though it is stage and you know that but because you don't necessarily know what's going on it makes it maybe even more, I would say, maybe more real for you, which could potentially help 
the immersion. Yeah, that could be it. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, out loud here of like what it could be. Um, because I, I think that can have like a thing to do with it. Like maybe you knowing yeah i'm not i'm not sure like, what, what it the is. plan is and what the assignment is and then you're just fulfilling those tasks and maybe i'm just very aware of how much agency i think i have yeah that could be so i'm just trying to figure out how far are you willing to let me go mm-hmm but the fun part is, in the last part, you have no agency at all. But yeah, that, that more so then I just don't have to think about that, and I just get yeah myself yeah you're not fully you're immersed. not busy like seeing it like on like a meta level. Yeah, maybe that's interesting. Yeah, personally, didn't really have that experience myself. No, I think um... that's different for every player. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that's why that experience is so good, because it has, like, you know, so All many elements different... to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is cohesive, and that's the great thing about that. So, yeah. Um, did I have anything else? Yeah, I was actually thinking, because... Um, wait, yeah, you, okay, so you did do, I would say, let, let's keep them at immersive experiences uh, mm-hmm. before you met me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, and then you, of course, had, like, this idea, I, I was assuming in your mind of, like, what immersive theater or something along the lines, what that would mean. Um, did any of that, like, did your definition change upon, like... Meeting you? Meeting me and seeing the things I was, you know, putting out on the table? Hmm. I don't know if it changed. I think... I myself got more used to it. I mm-hmm. think that's the problem with Dutch immersive experiences in whatever way they are. Mm-hmm. Because we usually call them real life games. Yeah. You as a player or at least I myself expected more of a game. Mm-hmm. So the first um, thing that I would call immersive theater, the first play that I went to, I very much went to it with the idea that it would be more a game, there would be more yeah. puzzle solving. And mm-hmm. then it was very strange to me that we were just talking to actors and the actors told us to go somewhere else and then we went to that actor and they told us some part of the story and then they just told us to go back there again. So we were just walking around the entire time mm-hmm. with some sort of mission, but it, it just didn't really click. And then when I met you and we talked more about these sort of experiences and I went to more plays, it... I got more used to the genre and it didn't seem so strange anymore to just go around and talking to people. Yeah. But 
I do have to say the first the first play that I went to was um, uh, made by a museum or it was set in uh, in a in a museum. Yeah, yeah. And the most fun I had was talking to the actors that didn't have a role at all. They just they were sort of security guards, mm-hmm. more soldier kind yeah. of people just wandering around and those little scenes those little interactions that Mm -hmm. we have with them barricading a door that we had to get through with no reason those were the the most fun to me Uh where the interactions with the actors that that were meant to get us further along in the story seemed a little bit forced yeah, I was about to say. I think that's a, that's the issue of like, um, you know, it is being scripted, but like through those actors that are like, you know, the main points of the story, um, they need to tell you certain things. But it could also depends on the actor, of course. But yeah, um, it it could make it feel like if it's like it's not actually happening in that moment. You know, it's. It's scripted, and you have a feeling like this is this is fake. You know, he's just giving me a, an assignment. But with yeah, someone just, that it, is, it just really feels like uh, we just have to get the actor to a certain point that yeah. they're willing to let us know something that we need uh-huh. to use to get. Yeah, but I mean, along. with the people that are, I would say, more or less extras. You know, they have a little bit more freedom. Of course, yeah. they 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 have certain rules and everything. But technically, they could do with with you whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so they if can. You, just if play. you have a crazy idea, they can just play with you, um, yeah, exactly. and that's fun. And then you know, you are being spontaneous. He or she is being spontaneous, um, and that works better because then you're in that moment. You're thinking of something actually right there on the spot, and you're having an actual conversation instead of trying to act something out. And yeah, I think that's. I think that that's that's great, and I think. We had like those little moments at the Great Gatsby too, you know, not in the scenes, but you know, in between the scenes. Yeah, those, they were fun. those times were fun because then mm-hmm. we could take, you know, we would probably take things off the story, but you know, the actor wasn't, you know, telling us certain like anything on purpose. Yeah, um, they're just in could... character reacting to yes, whatever and dumb shit that yeah, and there's a difference. It's not just a character you know saying a line it's a character you know with the motivation of that character you know telling something uh, and there's a big difference and i think that also depends on the actor though yeah that's some true. people are just better in doing that than others and it depends on the production and the money and everything so many things um but you definitely do experience the difference between the two yeah um but it's also funny looking back at that production it really was immersive theater, mm-hmm. especially the end was just yeah, that. That theater. was the yeah, that was, was that was just... plain theater. Yeah, that was that was pretty much no immersive element to it at all. At least, I mean, you know, we were back in the watching role. Yeah, um, yeah, but now I'm talking. And we were about not acknowledged the first anymore. Play uh, that I went to, or oh. first, oh, that one, real life game, or however you would call it. it, that really was 
an immersive theater production mm-hmm. the ah. the um majority of it was more of a gamey style thing where uh-huh. you had to interact with lots of different characters but it ended with just more like a great gatsby style scripted thing that they did and mm-hmm. we had no control of it whatsoever yeah. So it, it's funny. I I think I didn't um, originally go to that with the idea that it was an immersive theater production. But looking back at it, it definitely was. Yeah. So maybe your definition did like reshape. I mean, if you, I think yeah, I, I think got, that, used... or maybe you got more knowledge of the subject. Yeah, itself. I think I think so. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um. I think uh, my I when I thought of the word, my mm-hmm. first thing, my first thought that would come to mind is sleep no more. So mm-hmm. that is the skill that I yeah. set for me <laughs> when mm-hmm. thinking about immersive theater, and yeah. that's something completely different than oh, yeah. the productions that we've, or at least I've gone. Mm-hmm. so far so yes. i think i think that in that aspect it did change my my thoughts about mm-hmm. the term because yeah. i all i only thought of it like that that way and yeah yeah you now have a better understanding of what the term could entail could that's yeah. the most important word here, could. That it, no, could. it doesn't have to <laughs> but it could be things. this yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah. I mean, I I guess that's kind of what I struggled with most as well. You know, having a certain idea of it, and then not realizing that other things are part of it too. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, it's hard. It's just really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you know, finding you know because I I'm hundred percent certain that the things I make are immersive theater, but. Within immersive theater, you know, where am I sitting, and how do I, dif- you know, differentiate myself from other shows? Because the stuff I make is no sleep normal. No, uh, definitely not. Um, but like, what what is the difference, and would you call those a different thing? Because your audience is definitely expecting something else when you come yeah. to a production of mine than a production. Yeah, just of like normal. I said, I think especially in the Netherlands we often call it real life games so we expect Mm -hmm. a game yeah and when you would go to sleep no more you would definitely not expect a game no no it definitely depends but let's say also for example if i make immersive theater in london which is a little bit more Mm -hmm. still and still the audience would you know like you need to almost prepare your audience for a different type thing yeah it's a different experience but we give everything the same label and i have a feeling that that is not maybe a smart idea because already you know people have such a different interpretation of the term Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm like thinking of like do we need sub genres or like yeah maybe i'm so lost you know with vr or something like digital it's very easy because you can easily just put that on it people already have like a very good understanding of what that then could entail 
but with everything yeah but also in vr you could still have very different things yeah there could be a level of interaction there but, but the, the medium in which use... the story is being told like yeah. th that's but... that's i think the difference well, is it though? Because the medium is theater for immersive theater, but the level of immersion could change. Hmm. Yeah, well, sure. I would say maybe the way of immersion. Yeah, like the 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 way immersion level is of being interaction created. could change. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe that maybe that's it. You know, everything is immersive. But how the audience gets to be immersed? Yeah, in what? Yeah, maybe. Well, let me let me write that down. Because so it's like, um, in every type, um, everyone is being immersed. Um, but the way how is different. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um. So in the yeah. So how they're being immersed is different. So was there? Is there another thing? No, I don't think so. Um. And I think a big aspect of it is: is there a game element to it or not? Yeah. Um, maybe that that's that is like how is the story being told? Because that that's yeah. separate. I mean, that's separately from immersion, though. But storytelling does yeah. happen. But but it is a big part of the subgenres. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's like what type of interaction is there? Yeah. Because that could be role play it could be game element it could be interaction no with, interaction with space it could be no it could be no and just nothing um so and it's like okay um and well that's funny there i'd say there should be some level of interaction otherwise it wouldn't be immersive uh well no that's yeah. not true either yeah but the thing because is do we the, the last part of uh, secret cinema, I would definitely call immersive, although there was no interaction at all. Yeah, but... But could... Mm. Mm, would the That's... immersion have been the same if we just had seats there? It was just a strange yeah, we theater. Because I mean... things like the musical... Soldat uh, Oranje. Yes. I I haven't seen it personally myself, but I have seen I've it three times. <laughs> from what I've heard, it's also a strange theater. Where I mean, it's different. It it I would say it's. It can, but I isn't think... it similar to the ending of Secret Cinema, the one that we went to? Ooh. Um. Oh, that's hard though, because it's really—it's really, it's really I have different. A feeling, 
I have a feeling the audience is maybe even more noticing Soldat van Oranje than in Secret Cinema by the end. Because mm, then it's okay. like almost like as if the audience just doesn't exist. Unless, although it, there was one element. We need we needed to make this like little sign with our hands or something. Oh yeah, that's um, true. But but the weird thing is that fell out of place. Because yeah, before did, that really there, we weren't acknowledged. And when we mm-hmm. suddenly were, it was like, wait, what we have to do something now? Yeah. Um, well, if we were like asked to do that in the first half or first like three quarters of the show, it would have was... made total sense. But mm-hmm. in this case, the the code of the show theater. was already it was different. Just theater, but it, it was very yeah. immersive, though. Yeah, and that's interesting. There was no interaction, but it was still immersive. Um, so that's also a thing. So yeah, I mean, I guess that that has to do with the space you're in. Yeah. And the senses that are being triggered. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say, you know, interaction doesn't necessarily have to be an immersive and vice versa. You know, immersive doesn't have always need interaction. Um, oh, that's also an interesting thing. I mean... Uh, right now, we're uh, playing... What is it called again? From... Uh, Prism. Yeah, Prism. The From the same makers of that, yeah. I went to a production called The Trench, and I looked mm-hmm. it up before um, before this, and I thought at the time they called it an immersive theater production, but they don't. They call mm. it visual storytelling. And I, oh. I think that's very fitting, because so... it was a real normal theater production, but... Mm-hmm. The theater was very much, hmm, it, it felt part of the set. Mm-hmm. It was dressed up uh, yeah. like so part of the stage. Would, so would maybe you maybe that be... consider that more, oh, but that's the thing, like you say, it's, it's very much theater. Um, yeah, but... just like the end of... The Stranger yeah. Things secret cinema. Yeah, so shows. I would say it was very much theater. theater, and it's immersive, but it's not maybe qualifying as immersive theater. Maybe. But, oh, that's that tough. sounds very strange. Well, the thing is, though, the space could be immersive, but are you? Maybe that's it. Being immersed, like in the story, like are you? Yeah, that's in the story. It. Maybe that's not the case, but you are immersed by the space itself. You know, you have a feeling you'll be there, but you're not acknowledged per se. Yeah. So for our definition of immersive theater, yeah, you as a player have to be acknowledged. Yeah. You need to that, be. That makes sense. Yeah. Acknowledged. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, and I've seen that makes sense. Like here on the Wikipedia, it says um, there's a, a scholarly <laughs> analysis of immersive theater. Uh, blah blah blah. Three main steps are often identified for creating an immersive and participatory theater experience, and it it starts off with one disintegration of the barrier between audience and actors. Yeah, so they kind of become one, and that um, and then placement of the audience members into the narrative work. And um, I'm not sure exactly how the audience in that show was positioned. The um, uh, the show from Les Enfants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it wasn't acknowledged at all. 
Yeah, but we're, we're like we're standing. Sitting. It was just a, a, a normal theater, so oh, just okay. sitting in lines. Yeah, yeah. So that you. was very much just theater in the normal sense. Yeah, but a but little had, bit more yeah. immersive. It was them. just the space was immersive. Yeah, not the show. Yeah, but yeah. the same company have done immersive theater productions. True. I mean, uh, I know the one with Alice in Wonderland. I haven't done it. But from what I've seen of it, just on in YouTube, um, I you know there is audience interaction and um, you get acknowledged as an audience member. Um, but that's oh now I'm now I'm getting you know back into like the because there are like hmm I'm I'm lost because there I know. But what like... are they calling Prism? Are they calling it? An online immersive theater production? I don't think they would. Maybe an immersive experience. Yeah, that could be. But I don't know. It's definitely not, you know, actual theater production because everything no. is. Um... Although you get acknowledged as a player in some sense. Yeah, but there, there, are, there are like more critiques. I would say that it needs in order to be that. Yeah. Because it also feels... Oh, this one is so tough. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is it... Wait, let me actually see if No Presidium made anything on this. They must have. Um, the Prism. Uh... Okay, I haven't really found it yet. I I've, I'm very sure I've seen anything like a thing of them, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just thinking and going stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very. Oh wait, jeez, they post a whole lot. Um, no proscenium. I see here uh, the official London Theatre dot com. Call uh-huh. it Call Prism an online immersive theater production. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh I mean it has theater elements, you know, it has actors performing. It is immersive. Yeah, but there are small bits though. Yeah. But maybe it is also because I am not 100% sure yet of the story and if I'm actually you know, putting it or if I'm just perceiving it. Yeah. I'd because say you are... interactive mm-hmm. and it is immersive, but I'm not sure if... You have story... no control over the story this far. No, it's fake. <laughs> That's the fake agency once again. Yeah. Uh, Prison. I'm. I'm gonna look at this. It. I cannot find. That's great. They. I don't think they have made anything on this. Interesting. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of things, but at least for immersive theater, you need to be acknowledged in the story. Let's keep it that one in the story. Yeah. Slash show, not just the space. Yeah. And that's also interesting about 
the great Gatsby play, mm-hmm. we were very much acknowledged as a player there, but there were also bits that just felt like regular. I mean, it was particularly the ending. Yeah. Everything but also else. Before that, some before? scenes were definitely. Mm, yeah, were meant it was to like... feel like very intimate scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Where there just happened to be a lot of players a around it, like just looking at you. Hello, we're also <laughs> yeah. here. But they still acknowledge us, though. It was less, yeah. but it was still there. You know, they were just like, you know, our moment is just a little bit more important than the interaction with these strangers. Um, but they would easily grab back onto that, you know. Yeah, it, it depended on the scene, definitely did. But especially the the ending was no interaction at all, no acknowledgement at all. Yeah. Um, and I think that is and where that a lot of people a little bit out of place. Yeah, and a lot of shows that I've seen now tend to end in that way uh, because I think they're afraid of like when they use agency in the same style by the ending. That you know they cannot have the story end in a certain way they want to, so they yeah that was take the away same. the agency. Same with tracing Thomas, um, and I'm feeling that there is more the way. About the ending scene that we had at Great Gatsby, we had oh. no control over that at yeah, all. No, no. Although we were trying our very best to convince the actor to go <laughs> a certain way yeah it was very clear at the end that we had no control in it and she was also always going to make the same decision yeah 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 Yeah. that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't really think i have anything to say anything else i um do you feel like you've become closer to helping set definition for yourself? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, well, this is this is it. Um, but I do, you know, find, I, I have, like, a feeling and a direction of things that could be characteristics. That, yeah. You know, that it needs to check a certain box in order for me to fit a definition. But then the question is, how do I still define that definition? Um, but I, the question only... is also: Do you, with the productions that you make, mm-hmm. want to fit that label completely? Uh, I do think so. Okay. I've already, I've always resonated with that term, but I have a feeling I need to specify it more because I, I, I like whenever I explain it, you know. I still need to tell what my show is about and what level of interaction there is because people, you know, there could be so many different things under that label. So I need to find something for myself that... Yeah, what sub, sub-genre you... Yeah, something like right. that. And it maybe, it maybe just needs to be one sentence, but I'm still having trouble finding that sentence. But at least, you know, mm. the, the whole thing about acknowledgement of the audience um yeah and yeah um so i i guess that says that oh maybe that's a nice conclusion for this episode that for me whenever i make and i don't say that if it's not there it's not immersive theater but for me whenever i make things 
interaction with audience is a must. Um, like I, I personally like going to like I'm a, I, I guess more like soundscape, environmental type um, installations or experiences. But those are nice. But when I want to create things, I want to do something, you know, with between actors and audience and having them maybe role play. So, um, yeah, for me, that makes sense. For me, immersive theater doesn't go without audience interaction and agency. I think that's a nice conclusion. So that was this week's episode of Stories of Immersion. Um, Suzanne and I had a blast. We could have literally gone on forever to talk about this subject. You know, we talk about it a lot in private outside of work. And, you know, we we just really, really enjoy it. Um, And it was great to have her perspective on this topic. She found it really interesting to talk about it too. Uh, and I'm sure that the conversation is not going to stop here. But we uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. And I hope to see you all right back at the next one. <laughs>